All right, let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Wait a minute. Look in 1 Timothy chapter 2. I have, I have something. 1 Timothy chapter 2. It comes yes, from the very verse that you quoted before and misused. Yes. Uh, in John 3, 16, where you said uh, that he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But you didn't read that verse 18 right afterwards, which says, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Right. Because he had not believed right. in the name of the Son of God. Well, that was the time when I, I hadn't believed and I was lost, but I'm saved now. It's, See, it's not over yet. You give it enough time, and everybody's going to finally see the light of day. I agree with you. Now, take your Bible and look in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and look what he says here in verse 3. Verse 3. Now, y'all got to go by the Bible now. Verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be what? Don't you believe in the sovereignty of God? The sovereignty of God. God can save everybody, and it's His will that nobody be lost. He's not willing that any should perish. So nobody's going to perish because God's the one that makes the rules. And it's His will and His desire, and so therefore, everybody's going to be saved. Now look what he says here in verse, verse 4 again. Who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's that they haven't come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not over yet. But you've got to give them time. Don't you believe in universal salvation? That God so loved the whole world and everybody's going to be saved and everybody's going to heaven and we're all, don't worry about it. There's no such place as hell. He's going to save everybody. That's what he did. He saves us from hell so we don't need a hell. That was just for the devil and his angels. That's what that was for. Yes, Trent. I have a few verses. Um, Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 13, 14, first of all. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Verses 21 through 23. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, they said his name, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, which is to believe. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That was an awesome verse. I, would have, I, was gonna, I was just getting ready to choose that verse myself. Because you see, there's a difference in heaven and the kingdom upon the earth. And he says, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you shall no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's upon the earth of that thousand-year reign. And I agree with you. Not everybody's going to get in there, even though they knock at the door. But we're talking about the end of time, not doing the kingdom of heaven. That one thousand years upon the earth. Very good verse. I appreciate that. Now, I want you to take your Bible and turn to John chapter 12. Turn to John and chapter 12. Some of y'all go to that, uh, that Florida Bible College and you just think y'all are so high and mighty and you know all the Bible and boy, you can just trap anybody. You just, no, I mean, you got it right there. Uh-huh. Chapter 12 of the Gospel of John. Look what he says in verse 32. Verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw. There you got it. All men, all, that's everybody. He's going to draw everybody. And so all that come to him, he says, he will in no wise cast out. That's what he says. 
Now, Tom, you're, you're not one of this panel up here. You're, you're not one of these people up here. Now, you've got to stay out of this, Tom. I know you can't see it. They say even a blind hog finds an acorn once in a while. I'm starting to have fun. But anyway, um, how, how, do you, how do you explain it? See that? It's right there. Yes. Yes, uh, Keaton. It says uh, in John 1.12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He didn't make them become the sons of God. He gave them the ability to. He said that you can receive this if you take it. So well, I appreciate that, and that's a good one. But look there in John chapter 6. That's a good one. But now, just so that you know, look there in verse 44. John chapter 6, verse 44. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And he's already said, if you lift me up, I will draw all men. See there? I hope that helps you right there with that verse. Okay? All right. As we're uh, moving right along. We do believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Look in John chapter 4 and verse 14. The Gospel of John in chapter 4. And look in verse, I would say verse 40, 42. That's a good verse. And look what he says in verse 42. And he said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ and you ought to underline the rest of that verse. The Savior of the world. So Jesus is the Savior of the whole world. So everybody in the world is going to be saved, and you don't have to worry about it. So that's why we don't have to have missionaries. We don't have to go to the foreign fields, and we don't have to do witnessing on Friday nights and things like that, because see, everybody's going to be saved anyway. Isn't it wonderful when you can just go by the Bible? Yes, Trent. I would like you to explain this verse to me before you go on to another verse. Uh, John 3.36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not. I'd like to explain, you to explain, who are they that believeth not. The Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That's for the time being. See, when I was lost, I didn't have eternal life. I didn't even see eternal life. I didn't understand God. I didn't know anything. So I was under the wrath of God, just like everybody is. But one day, we're all going to see him, and every eye shall see him. Remember that verse? Every eye will see him, and when we see him, we're going to believe. So therefore, that's uh, the way you explain some of these really hard verses. So uh, take your Bible and uh, turn to the book of Colossians in chapter 1. The book of Colossians and chapter 1. And rest assured, there are people just like me. There are people just like me. And they do exactly what I'm doing to you. If I think you're even close, I move on to another verse. And that's what they do. They're like quicksilver. You know, you mash it here, it drops over there, and it pops over there. But here in the book of Colossians... And uh, the book of uh, Colossians chapter 1, look in verse 16. For by him were all things created in heaven that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, 
All things were created by him and for him. He created everything. Now, if he created everything, why would God create people he knew in advance were going to go to hell? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Did he create everybody? Why would then would he create those little babies, be born into this world, knowing that they were going to go to hell? Isn't that a good question? That sounds like a woman talking. You want an answer? All right, let's have an answer over here. It's a hard question why God allowed man to sin. It's a real good question. I think the closest the Bible comes to answering it is in Ephesians chapter 2, just before verses 8 and 9. In Ephesians 2, 7, it says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. God has always been a God of grace and mercy, but without man sinning, he could never show it. And so he made us able to sin so that he could display in his kindness toward is, us the grace God of God. Did God know before we were born if we would accept Christ or not accept Christ? He knows everything. If he knows everything. Why didn't he just have only believers born? Because foreknowledge is not the same as <laughs> trusting. He knows everything because he is God. He doesn't choose everything. He only knows everything. Doesn't make your choice. He created us in his image, which includes the ability to make choices, moral choices, right and wrong, that we're responsible for the result of. I could make a good Calvinist. <laughs> but it's not biblical. That's what they do ask. The Calvinist answer to that is not biblical. Oh, no. No, it's, the, it's, it's logical, but not biblical. But I'm not interested in being correct tonight. I just yeah. want to challenge your minds. Now, I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, this verse, so simple, so clear. Look what he says there in verse 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. See, in Adam, everybody dies. In Christ, everybody. So is all the same people? No, no. It says in Christ. But they're all is all. All is all. All, who are all in Adam will die, and all those in Christ will live. See, all, that means everybody that was born is going to be, is anybody born in Christ, a place in Christ that wasn't born in the world? That was all of them, so all of them. How did they get the only in ones in Christ are born again. Exactly. In Christ. That's the ones in that's Christ. Where you have the ones that are born in Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 18 will answer that. Look in Romans. <laughs> Romans in chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I want you to look there in verse 18. Romans chapter 5, verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one... Judgment came upon uh, all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness by one, the free gift came upon all men. See there? All men lost, all men saved. And 
Adam, they all lost. In Christ, everybody's saved. So that's why I believe that in universalism. It's universal. It's the whole world is going to heaven. Is this in Romans? Romans in chapter Romans. It Fine. starts off with chapter 1 that says it's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth. Yes, that's why I said eventually everybody is going to hear the gospel. And if you read the book of Revelation, you'll find out that even the angels are preaching the everlasting gospel and 144,000, that's to get the remnant. Those that are left over, they're going to hear it and they're going to believe. <laughs> well, why in that chapter in Romans does it say, wherefore by one man sin in the world? And death by sin, and so death passed on to all men, for all have sinned. They did. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed, where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh -huh. even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgressions. And so there was sin... In the world. Right. And that's why everybody dies. And that's why Christ died and paid for everybody's sins. No, sin, but so it that goes go on. That there was another man that came on the scene. All right. To answer and your question, Paul, the look here in Romans chapter 11. <laughs> look in Romans chapter 11. And this is a good verse that helps. This will help Bob out an awful lot. Romans chapter 11. Look in verse 32. Verse 32. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. See there? Now, mercy means you don't get what you deserve. Isn't everybody a sinner? And everybody deserves to go to hell? Well, yes. Okay, mercy stop talking. is them not going to hell. You, you talk too much. Romans 3.22 says... I mean Romans 11. Well, let's look at Romans 3.21 and then 22. But now the righteousness of God... Without the laws manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all that believe. So the righteousness is available to everybody, but is only placed upon those who believe. That's the distinguishing difference. Read, read the next two words. Yeah, all the There's no difference. See there. Now, whose side are you on? Oh, you can't be on my side. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's on my side. There is no difference in the righteousness of God that is offered unto all and the righteousness of God that is upon all. There is no difference. All right. Now let's just narrow this thing down and kind of come to a conclusion there. Look there in your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy and chapter 4. Now, this ought to be the, uh, the clincher. This is the, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm nailing this casket shut here. 1 Timothy chapter 4. All right, this will be for uh, uh, Jesse over there. We haven't called on Jesse for anything. <laughs> he, said, he said he didn't want to cast his pearls before this one. <laughs> All right. Verse 10. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of... Now, you can't say he's the Savior of all men unless he's the Savior of all men. Especially those that believe. But even those that don't believe, he saves the other ones too. See there, isn't that a wonderful verse? Don't that just give you joy and peace and understanding and all that kind of stuff? Yes, uh, Jesse? No. <laughs> all right. I don't get you to read, pray, oh yeah. 
<laughs> You're going to teach me to read Braille. All right, but let me tell you this, though. There are a lot of people who have these, this position, and they would not say this is what, you know, a name of it, but there's people who believe that everybody's going to be saved, and that's why they don't have to do anything. You don't have to witness. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to do anything. Let it alone. But you and I know that you can always take verses out of context, and you can put a spin on it. You can twist it a little bit. But it does show you that you do have to really study the Bible to know how to keep yourself straight in what you believe. So we don't believe that Calvinism is a correct teaching because it's, it's limited atonement. And I don't believe that God limited it by who he paid his, the sins for. He paid for the sins of the whole world so that everybody in the world could be saved if they will trust the Lord. And uh, this is what they should. Uh, just to kind of back up just a little bit, look there in the Philippians in uh, chapter 2. And you notice there's one little word here that is, it's a very important word. When it says down in verse 9, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee, see the next word there, should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 12 and verse 3 is an important verse. And there's people that it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be too late. Bob brought up some good verses. That's why I had to get away from where he was at in Revelation there. And so anytime you're witnessing to somebody and they come close, uh, you know, you get close to trapping them a little bit, they're going to try to slip away and get to another verse or ask another question. Says, now, this verse over here is the answer to this verse. It may have nothing to do with that question they had. Or there's, they stump you and you got to move on. So you're just trying to, like, keep moving. And that's why we call that chasing rabbits. No, a rabbit doesn't just run a straight line. A rabbit will run a little bit, and it takes a cut, and take a cut, take a cut. That's why when they used to go rabbit hunting, you make, wait till they make that cut, and then you got them. And so you're waiting on people, and they will, they're, they're like rabbits, and they cut. They're on this first, then they're on this first, then they're over here, and then over there. And they run you ragged and get you all over the place, and next thing you know, the time is shot, and you haven't maybe accomplished too much. So if you want to lead them to the Lord, you've got to get them to follow you. If you're following them, it's going to be hard to, to nail them and hold them down because they just keep slipping through your fingers like that. But... Understand there's um, a bunch of things that I could, you know, go into. But there's, there's verses that seems to say, seems to say, seems to say. And that's why you have to have a good knowledge of the Word of God in order to combat this view or that view and so forth. So I believe it's um, all very important. But look over there in the book of Ephesians in chapter 1. Um, Bob um, Brooks was kind of nosing around over there too a while ago. But you'll notice... It is not, and I'll see, I could use another verse that say in Ephesians in chapter 1, uh, you can look down there in verse 10 and verse 11, because you say that, you know, he does, oh, you can say it down there, because we're all, we're all through with that. Uh, and that is that the Lord does everything after the counsel of his own will. 
So if God does whatever he wants to do, well, then who has resisted his will? That's Romans chapter 9. But God has limited himself in certain things. There's some things that God cannot and will not do. I remember one time I made a big mistake in my first ranch meeting in Colorado when I had two kids showed up. And I had those uh, two kids that we played the Firehouse Five songs and, and we, I talked and I opened it up for questions. I was fresh out of Bible college. I knew everything. And so I says, anybody got a question? This one kid just raised his hand, just nonchalant like he didn't go, oh, you know. And he says, um, is, um, is God a big God? Yeah, yeah, God's a big God, yeah. Proud of my answer. Can God do, um, can God do anything? Yeah, God, God can do anything. He says, can, um, can God make a, a, a rock? I said, yeah, God can make a rock. Can he make a big rock? I said, yes, he can make a big rock. He says, can... Um, can God make a rock so big he can't lift it? And then he just stared at me. And that's when I wanted to come off my little stool I was sitting on and just box his ears. Can God make a rock so big he can't lift it? That little kid just set me up. A little junior high kid just set me up and made me look like a total fool. And since then, I have learned the answer, but I haven't seen that kid since then. What would y'all say? So, But now when somebody asks me that, I says, no, God can't do everything. There's a lot of things God can't do. He can't lie. He can't steal. He can't send me to hell. And he ain't stupid enough to try to make a rock so big he can't lift it because there wouldn't be no place to put it. But I've never seen that kid again. But you, you learn, there's, there's some people that's got some quick wit, and you've got to learn how to keep your balance on what you're doing and what you believe. Do you realize how easy it is for the questions that I asked with some people? It'll cause them to have doubts about the truth of what the Word of God said. Because if you don't figure out how to answer some of the things, just believe this. Uh, I put a little spin on everything that I said. And it is true, yes, that God so loved the world. And he made a payment for the sins of the whole world. But he broke it down, and it was God's will that those who believe the gospel, that's why I had to get away from John 3, 36, when somebody mentioned that just a while ago. And the reason is because that is a good verse. He that believeth on him hath everlasting life. He that believeth not cannot see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. And so there is no such thing as, you know, the second death be annihilation of the lake of fire. The lake of fire is forever and ever and ever. And just like uh, it's talking about in the book of Revelation when he talks about, and he that is just still when he's righteous, and if he's uh, unrighteous or, you know, uh, wicked or filthy and you name it, that's where they're going to be for all eternity. So, yes, we have a great gospel message, and we don't need to have somebody warp our minds to the place where we don't believe what we say we believe, and we can't be easily swayed, and even questions and doubts that may come into your mind, always go back to what you know is true. God loved the world, paid for the sins of the whole world, and whosoever believes has eternal life. If they do not believe, they do not have eternal life, and they do not go to heaven, and everybody at the end of time are not going to be saved. It's not true. And so, therefore, only those who trust Jesus Christ as Savior will be saved.
And so that's uh, something we all need to keep in mind. Let's go up here. This hand represents you and me, and the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now, yes, it's true that all have sinned. In Adam, we're all sinners, and we are all guilty, and we're all condemned. And the Bible says all of us cannot go to heaven unless we're perfect and sin debt's paid. The sin debt has not been paid, not by us. And so we cannot save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. So this hand representing Jesus Christ and Lord God in the flesh came into the world. He came to save the world. He's the only Savior the world has. Now you may not accept Him as your Savior, but He still is the Savior of the world. He is the Lord, though you may not allow Him to be the Lord of your life. He's still the Lord. That's who He is. He is the Savior of the world, and there is not another. So he took all of our sins, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead, and said that the only thing we had to do to go to heaven, because just because he paid for our sins doesn't put this payment to our account. This payment has been made, but his righteousness is not imputed to you until you believe. And you have to believe before you die. And a lot of people are dying without the Lord. And they're facing a Christless eternity. So once you trust Christ as Savior, He gives you eternal life as a free gift, and you get to go to heaven on what Christ did for you. And He says, when you believe He did this for you, He gives you as a free gift everlasting life. And if it's everlasting life, it lasts forever. And therefore, you can know that you have eternal life, know that you're going to heaven when you die, and that's the best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed, eyes closed, and no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I urge you to do so. God does love you, but if you don't trust Christ as Savior, don't you believe for a moment you're going to get saved anyway. If you never trust the Lord before you die, you're lost forever. And I pray that you would trust Christ as Savior. And if you're watching by internet tonight, if you've never trusted the Lord, why not right now in the quietness of this moment just say something simple like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe Christ died, that he paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust him to take me to heaven whenever I die. And friend, God said if you'll trust him, he'll save you and give you eternal life. And that's the only way you can know that you're going to heaven. He says in the book of Corinthians, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow because you don't have a guarantee of tomorrow. You have right now, you have this moment right now. So a sign of good judgment is to accept Christ as your Savior and I would do it now. Our Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us. And, and thank you, Lord, for these people that are here tonight and for those that are watching by internet. We want your blessings upon each one. And Father, we know that there's some that are not able to be here because they're not feeling well. And some have had surgery. And Father, we just thank you for the opportunity we can have to come before you and to bring our petition. And Father, we ask your blessings upon our church. And we thank you for the people that we have here that do have means of protection for us. But Father, watch over and put a hedge about us and protect us. And Lord, we just look to you and trust you to, to help us to do some of the things perhaps we can't do. There's things that we don't know. And we just trust you to walk us through it. So bless us in Christ's name we pray. Amen.